the future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Hey everybody, everybody, welcome, welcome. It is Monday, February 14th, 2022. Welcome to Raging Chickens Out to Coop Live. Yes, this is a special afternoon edition of Out to Coop Live. More love for this Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. On Out to Coop Live, we talk to progressives, activists, writers, and troublemakers of all sorts, right from our own backyards and from across the country. On Fridays, we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. And you got to check out that Wednesday show with Cyril Michaleko. Cyril's a progressive columnist from the Bucks County Courier Times and the Intelligencer, and now the Bucks County Beacon as well. And he joins me every kind of couple weeks or so um, to break down, say, what's happening in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and international politics. You can get all our shows by subscribing to our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress and choose your membership level. You can also, I'm sounding like a, someone like, like, I feel like I'm on an airplane now and choose your membership level. How about that? <laughs> You can also join our Discord. Information on how to do that is right there in the show notes for today. And you can help support the show by heading on over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. And smash that subscribe button, like the stream for the show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. And for more PA Progressive Talk, tune into the Rick Smith Show's live stream every night at 9 p.m. He's got a weekend show, too, as well. He streams pretty much everywhere. Head on over to therixmithshow.com for the latest across all his platforms where you can find his live call-in show for WBAI of New York. All that info is there. Check out his show. He's blowing up right now. It's fantastic. And you got to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. Yes, they are in season two. The amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast rock the house. And they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at, at the Night Caucus. That's at, at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And subscribe to their podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And attention gamers, the Game In is a Quaker Town-based, black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they've got everything from Retro N64s, latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, you got it. And kids get discounts for every annual report card. How about that? Check them out on their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter at, at the Game In. That's with two N's. If you got a question about a game, look for something hard to get, shoot them an email at thegameinpa uh, the at gmail.com. Um, they're just awesome folks. Got to check them out. And special shout out once again goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at, at @songadayman again with two N's, at @songadayman on Twitter. Well, on today's show, I am absolutely thrilled to be welcoming Stephen Caruso to the show. Stephen is the house reporter for the Pennsylvania Capital Star, and he previously covered Pennsylvania state government for the PLS reporter. Like He's been covering everything that's going on in Harrisburg. He's like the insider reporter. He's got everything, got all the details, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> now, Stephen's going to be joining me today to talk about redistricting, voting, and maps, maps, and more maps. Yes, indeed. 
So there's so much kind of going on with what's happening in terms of our representation. Once again, the PA Supreme Court will be drawing Pennsylvania's congressional maps or choosing among maps. And after deep divisions between Republicans and de Democrats could not be bridged and coming to some sort of kind of consensus. Pennsylvania continues to play a critical role in the balance of power in the House of Representatives. A new state legislative maps were approved last week. And however, some additional controversies there remain. For example, some Lehigh Valley Latino leaders are saying the new maps dilute the influence of Latino voters. We're going to kind of jump into that, too, as well. We'll get into all of this and more on today's show. And you can follow Stephen Caruso on Twitter at, at Stephen J underscore Caruso. That's at Stephen J underscore Caruso. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Oh. Man, I'm so thrilled. And like I said, you know, we're talking about this before the show is I'm so thrilled to have you on today because, you know, I periodically get, you know, and it's been kind of kind of concentrated over the past couple of weeks to where people are just having kind of questions or just confusions about actually what is actually happening in the redistricting process. Um, there's been um, kind of pictures of maps flying around. I know that you are kind of uh, quite the connoisseur of maps yourself. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Uh, they have been everything I have been looking at for the past three months and i kind of just want to like have a map vacation very soon um but no i i think you kind of nailed it kevin like a lot of this is in courts and that's kind of the thing i feel like i attempt to tell people whenever i get questions because i also get questions in my dms on twitter emails a lot of it right now is just kind of in a holding pattern waiting for the state supreme court to come in and make a lot of decisions they have to decide on what the congressional map is going to be. They're going to be charged with giving a final approval to the state uh, House and Senate maps. And they're also, because of the huge amount of accumulated delays we've seen in census data, partisan divides, um, then some changes to the data as well, like on uh, getting rid of uh, counting, counting people, not counting people uh, in prison. Uh, at that prison site and drawing the maps. It's prison gerrymandering, it's often referred to. Getting rid of that. All of this took a lot of time. And time that now the courts are going to have to look at. And with the primary approaching, with the ability of people to get on the candidate, uh, for candidates to get on the ballot now kind of up, uh, like hard to do. It, like all of this has to be settled and all of this can be settled at the state Supreme Court. Yeah. And then if I'm, if I'm correct about this, right, we're going to hear arguments for this on Friday, the 18th, correct? Yeah, they're going to hear arguments on the congressional maps. On the congressional so, maps, uh, right, right, right. Specifically congressional maps. They're still, uh, I believe, until, I believe people have until like March 6th. March 6th. I know it's a Sunday to uh, file um, objections to the state house maps, state legislative maps, which is like I said, whole different set of maps. So just to kind of start off, you know, when we talk about congressional maps, that's referring to the uh, 17, because now it's, it will be 17, the 17 people who Pennsylvania elects in districts to go to D.C. and represent the state in Congress. Uh, and then the legislative maps, That's those are maps that elect to 253 people who come to Harrisburg and who are my main responsibility to keep track of what they're doing when they come here to pass a budget or, or all the other things they can do. Just to kind of make that clear. Cause I know that's no, I appreciate that. that, that exactly. And that's one of the things I wanted to, I wanted to actually, you know, do exactly what you just did, right? Make that those distinctions really clear. Because I think part some people get confused, right? At least in conversations I have with folks, is precisely because you got these two new sets of maps, and they're both kind of going to the Supreme Court at this point. Is that where we're yeah. at? Yeah, so it, it, the Supreme Court is 100% deciding what the congressional map is going to be. Because, so, you know, Tom Wolf and the General Assembly had had you know the whole fall to try and negotiate something but for a multitude of reasons they didn't 
Um, you know, like I said, so we start in fall because, you know, you know I'm going to go back even further, just like the way it's out. So redistricting has to be done because of new census data. New census data says where people live now. That census data was delayed because of COVID. Also, the Trump administration um, was trying to not count, as as America always has, right. was trying to not count uh, undocumented immigrants in the total. Like, they only want to count citizens. And if you do that, you're once again going to take some weight away from cities where a lot of times uh, undocumented people might be living and move it. So, like, uh, rural folks, white folks, recycling Republican voters are, you know, they're going to be kind of biased in the count that would just shift representation towards them. The Trump administration wanted to do this, and they weren't able to for a multitude of reasons. But their attempt to do that delayed the data even more, which is needed to draw these new maps. So... Pennsylvania flight, like, like, you know, everyone was talking about redistricting in early 2021 right. because it was important, but no one was able to do anything until fall. So from like September until this or January, uh, December, you know, September of 2021, to January of this year, Wolf, Governor Tom Wolf, who's a Democrat and the Republicans in the General Assembly just were like, just sort of like sniffing each other out. <laughs> they didn't do it. They didn't negotiate at all. Uh, as far as I can tell, there was very little it was weird. like talk. Yeah, there's very little talk. So, like, Wolf, like, Wolf basically just put out some uh, qualifications for a map before Christmas, and, or before Thanksgiving. It was just like, this is what I expect the map to be. I expect it to have a transparent process. I want you to basically be able to, let, like, almost like a professor, like, I want you to be able to explain every single district to me. Like, I want you to be able to have a write-up saying what, the, why you made this district the way it is. He also wanted... Um, the districts to like reflect the fact that Pennsylvania is this like 50 50 state, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times the state elections are pretty close. Like this is, this is a swing state, you know, um, a swing Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and, and Wolf made clear, like he wanted it to anyone could take like kind of like anyone could have a majority of the seats from the state and the districts like, sort of reflect that. And, then Republicans, for their part, pr- uh, promise this like transparent process because the Republicans, like the a map is implemented. It's basically drawn by legislative leaders, passed like a normal bill, and it has to go to Tom Wolf to sign right. it. And so you know they both have to play a role here. And Republicans said we're going to have a transparent process. They had a like a dozen plus hearings before they released a map. They opened it up to citizen input. But this is definitely where it gets tricky is like what I would say is someone who is observing the process is well, what advocates point out is that it's very easy to have hearings when you just have people talk at you like, I hope you keep Allentown and Bethlehem together. Like, you know, (laughs) I hope that you keep Harrisburg and York together. Like, that's kind of easy to just go and do the hard parts having hearings after you put out a map, which Republicans uh, there was only one hearing, I believe, or two hearings after a map was selected. So the point is they did a lot of this front work where they just went around and said, tell us what you think about what a map should be. And then they said, people can submit maps to us. But like that whole process was hard to use. People who draw maps like that, that's their main activism, said the system was hard to use. There was this like hidden requirement where all of your districts have to be perfectly equal in population. If you'll excuse me as right. I nerd out for Yo, a second. Yo, go for like, it. I'm loving just, it. <laughs> this is important because, like, you know, dist- like congressional districts divide by, like, that one-person, one-vote precedent we have from way back in the 60s that's kind of, you know, it comes from the civil rights era, the voting rights right. era. Um, 
that there's this requirement that, you know, everyone's vote is equal. Because districts used to be, like, you could have one district have, like, 10,000 more people and one have 10,000 less people. And, like, you know, so each person's vote in that scenario isn't really the same. And, like, usually there'd be a ton of, like, districts add way more people than necessary, right. well, filled with black people and voters and black voters. And it was a way to disenfranchise people. Yep. So we have this president that says one person, one vote. So technically, congressional districts all have to be within, like, one, two, three people of each other. And, but even, like, but, like, what Republicans made is that they have to be perfectly equal. Like, like there is no differences down to, like, the, I, I can't quote the last digit at you of how big our congressional districts have to be. But it's something in the 700,000 range. And... Even, like, going from zero dif- differentiation to, like, one is a big difference, how you can divide stuff up. And the Republicans said, no, no, if your district, if it's not zero, we're not going to consider it, more or less. Well, and I, I thought, you know, on this point, on that point yeah. right there, which I found interesting, is that they, the, 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 the map that they're kind of holding up that was drawn by the, um, uh, what's her name, Amanda Holt, right, from, uh, yes. who's a Republican, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, she even says in that piece in part of your reporting, right, she even came out and said, like, yeah, I probably could have drawn maps differently that would have had different if if the requirements weren't so strict, because there were some weird quips in the way that you could draw these things, the requirements that made things a little bit more difficult to work with. Yeah. And that and that's kind of what I want to hammer about this is like, I'm not going to take away from the legislative Republicans the fact that they had this transparent sort of process. They had a lot of hearings. They did pick a citizen submission. Like, you know, I don't know if they did any mapping behind the scenes. But like, this was not a map that sort of was just like drawn up by some uh, by, by a legislative staffer who was getting input from party leaders to like, you know, do the absolute best thing for their party. But it's still like they put these very specific requirements on it and oh and also the thing i want to add i had some reporting on this earlier that i feel like kind of got lost in the shuffle but like um seth grove who runs yes. who ran the republican process in the house he had a hearing where the main testifier who was saying hey you need to have perfect equality um i can't remember his name I meant to pull up the story but he was a trump um, nominee for a position to census office who actually attracted a huge amount of controversy at the time because uh, he had actually published some like he had published some studies that said that like competitive elections are bad for democracy I believe and oh. like he just made a lot of he made a lot of points that people were worried about and he never was approved for the census also he was just a political scientist and like political appointee for this position that typically was safe for like career bureaucrats right. who really understand the census and then Trump just pulled this guy out of a university in Texas to like slide in and so he never got approved so this is to say like that this requirement itself feels very specifically chosen to me uh, from looking at it, looking who testified in favor of it. And then, you know, so yeah, so you have these maps. They, and then the one that was chosen was drawn by Amanda Holt. She is a Republican or a former Republican commissioner, maybe current. I think she's been in and out of office. Mm-hmm. I will also say, like, I, I think... I think there are some, like, Amanda Holt's also been a long-time redistricting advocate. So, yeah, she's a Republican official, but, yes, I, I feel like her bona fides as a redistr- person who cares about redistricting are really not, can, can't be questioned in a lot of ways. But this is just say, like, you know, her map, which she drew, she was like, it's a weird to say that this should, like, they should be perfectly equal. I could fix a lot of things if I had more time or if, like, you could let there be one or two people difference, which a lot of states have. A lot of states do sometimes have a one or two person difference. And, you know, there is all... And then her map also 
divided a couple of rural counties, um, like uh, Blair County, Tioga County, Lebanon County, that are, uh, there were, and they, those people, uh, people from those counties, like state legislators from those counties, sit on Grove's committee, and they, in like one of the only meetings that the House had after the map was chosen, said, we don't like right. this. <laughs> like, we can't vote for this because it splits our small county. Well, which, look, that is, it makes sense. Like, you're not going to want your county split. Nobody wants to be split. That's kind of the hard part of redistricting. But, and then, like, they call a vote on the map on the Monday. I think that hearing's on a Friday. They call a, 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 a vote on that map is scheduled for Monday. They just don't even vote on the map that Republicans made a huge to-do about calling up for a vote. They just vote out some, like, empty bills, which is just classic Harrisburg, to, like, say, oh, we can fit something in, you know, later. Then, though, like, two, like, or I guess two days later, it would have been Wednesday, Grove, without workshopping any of these changes, just calls another meeting, brings up this amendment, changes the map so that those counties are no longer split. It splits Dauphin County three ways, so, like... You know, this county was already split twice, but yeah, no, it, it sticks Har- it's, it sticks the city of Harrisburg in with, like, your county again in what would be Scott Perry's district, and I think it, like, puts uh, one part of Dauphin County in with, like, Lancaster and a northern part in with, like, Altoona. So, those other splits that everyone else was concerned about go out the window to replace it by just these very clean splits but that put Dauphin County, you know, asunder. And then that map passes. Now, you know, I, I think I, all you have to do is do math. There are 15 Republicans on these committees. Right. If you have three defect, you can't pass a bill. And then magically counties that were keeping three people from voting for it <laughs> get fixed. I mean, you know, and there is no public input on that, really. Right. And then that's the map we've been working with since December. So that gives us the, <laughs> the story. So let me, let me Sorry, okay, yes. here's, here's just a, like, a, this, this is like a kind of like a 10,000 foot question on this one. I mean, yes, how please. much of this, like how much of what we've been seeing with these hearings and this back and forth, how much of this is performance that is being done because oh. they basically are saying, look, the Supreme Court's going to decide this anyways. We're not going to, we're not going to do this. So we're going to go and we're going to hold these hearings. I mean, how much of it is kind of, people trying to get stuff done and how much of it is just the kind of the performance and saying, okay, listen, we're just going to kind of like, we're going to throw up our hands ultimately so that we can kind of say, well, the Supreme court's got to deal with it. Hmm. Hmm. I will say, I think everyone will tell you publicly. They were trying to reach good faith agreement. I think many people would agree privately that everyone knew it was heading the court mm-hmm. since like November. Mm-hmm. Because of the delays, because of, like, you know... That was it just my became next question, clear. right, yeah. Yeah, it just became clear that, like, the data came in too late. Already, no one really wants to agree. Like, like most of what the legislature and Wolf can agree on is naming bridges. Like, <laughs> Well, they, they've done a, a good job of that, like, I have to say. They've, they've done a bunch of those. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, they can't come up with agreements on small matters of public policy a lot of times. So, like, how are they ever going to agree on, like something that dictates the balance of power for the next decade. Uh, You know, it it was going in. I think a lot of us were very like, they can try. And sometimes 
sometimes they get a little crafty and they talk behind the scenes and then out comes this crazy agreement that everyone agrees to. But also, like, that's what advocates didn't want because usually when that happens, it means someone's getting screwed over. Right. Like, you know, they wanted just this transparent, open process. And, and that also, for better or for worse, I think, did provide venue for everyone to be like, oh, we're going to have all the hearings you want. That lets us grandstand more. We're, we're you know, we're going to have our commission come out and, and, you know, give standards for a fair map. We're going to call in all the redistricting experts to testify before us. Like, it meant there was, I think that's why this process was so confusing to follow. It's just because, like, because there was this hope for transparency, everyone was like, we're going to be as transparent as possible, except on, like, things that matter, and the map is just going to kind of, like, putter along until Wolf vetoes it, and it goes to court. And that's where we're at Right, now. right, right. Because, I mean, I was looking at, you know, a few of the things, too, as well. It was interesting, too, you talk about, you know, there, there's been uh, kind of a pathway in kind of certain kind of legislation, certain kind of way where the agreements happen behind the scenes. Um, but there was yeah. pressure upon that this year, right? In part because so much attention is being yes. paid to what's happening with voting rights and so on. So I found it interesting, like when, when Street out of Philadelphia basically came out because oh, I think we'd be finding a way of doing this. Like things exploded. They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're not doing this behind the scenes deal where you're going to be able to kind of um, do something that's going to be good for you. It's actually going to have negative consequences for the rest of us. No, this has got to be transparent. Exactly. Yeah, and I didn't even talk about the Senate. I won't. Sure, like, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, but but no, like like yeah, I, I you're right. I mean, I think that that the pressure on transparency it almost shows you how like deal making sometimes doesn't can't be transparent or 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 at least not in the current politics we have. But anyway, all this just to say that like I think that what we're what the process that we saw was was i think very tinged by how can we position off of this how can we make the other side look bad you know the eventual map republicans have been talking again and again about how they've chosen a citizen's map you know i i will often the reason i gave that really long intro to the map is because i think there's some key context that just calling it a citizen map misses like let alone the amanda holt stuff it's the zero population deviation and the sudden changes right. they made when their members said they couldn't vote for it that to me show you that like they can call it a citizens map but like petty politics still influence its shape and that's exactly what the advocates said they didn't want right and you know we should be clear too like a citizens map is different than like an independent commission right you know and just calling it a citizens map and also you know like my neighbor's a citizen too Right. I mean, yeah. so I mean, and my neighbor has no experience <laughs> any kind of mapping. Right. So, I mean, by calling it that, it gives it a veneer of like somehow it's an open process. But I mean, th that seemed to me like from the beginning, just kind of, you know, kind of a ridiculous move to be able to kind of, you know, hang a map on and say, well, look, it was like it's drawn by city. Well, that it wasn't actually it was drawn by someone who actually has kind of I mean, we could, you know, we could say Amanda Holt is, you know, she's an expert. Right. In this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, she might not be like who we put the crown on the expert, you know, expert queen in the country or something like this, but she's done this work, as you said. So, you know, she's like, like a participant in the process. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But mm -hmm. to try to kind of get around this whole transparency thing, but say, Oh, look, the citizen map, this is the most open thing that we've ever seen. And this is why this map should move forward. It's just kind of, you know, it just seems more like political gamesmanship than anything else at this point. Yeah. And the other thing I'll just add to is like all that congressional map is like, it was picked without, democratic input at all right. too is another thing i should really point out it's like you know the map passed in the house without a single democratic vote it passed in the senate without a single democratic vote 
the Democratic chairman, like the counterpart to Seth Grove, the guy who ran the process in the House, was this guy Scott Conklin, representative from Center yep. County. And he was like, I like they did not give us access to the map submission software. Like they like we just had no role in that. That was entirely the majority. And, you know, if if the idea was this transparent process where everybody can kind of have a say, the House didn't do that. And then when they tried it in the Senate, as as you said, it blew up. Right. <laughs> like a, a, a draft leaked. Uh, Democrats were really mad about it. Or some Democrats, like, because Street seemed to have drawn his own district. Also, the draft map that had that, like, I think that, like, crazy Western PA district (laughs) that, like, snaked around. And, look, it was a draft. It was a draft. And, like, all the conversation at the time is, like, we were going to fix that. Like, that was not at all a serious proposal. Like, we're going to make those lines clearer. Um, But... Uh, I, I, you know, like they tried, and the idea was they will come to some compromise. But like my understanding of what happened there is like basically both chairs got put under pressure. Yep. Republicans thought it was too bad of a deal for them to be able to say they passed, and de- same thing. Democrats went to Sharif Street and said you're you're selling us out to get your own district, and Dave Argel, the Republican, and Sharif Street, the Democrat, were just like we don't want this pressure. We were just trying to come up with some bipartisan agreement and both sides are just hitting us for it. So you know what? Fine. Send it to the courts. <laughs> Send it to the courts. Oh God, God, God. All right. So let's, let's take us up to right, right before this got sent to the Supreme court, right? This is again, another thing I get a bunch of questions about just try for clarification. So we saw, we got to say Pennsylvania has got these two courts, right? You've got the Commonwealth court mm-hmm. and you've got the state Supreme court or, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Supreme court. And we had one of the maps, right. Was chosen by uh, Commonwealth court judge, Patricia McCullough, right. Who basically said yes. last Friday, right. The seventh, I think mm-hmm. is when she said, um, okay, look, um, we're going to put forward a suggestion of what we think mm-hmm. the Supreme court should consider. And it's this kind of Republican like proposed map. And the reason why that this is the one that they should choose, it's because it's the one that's representative of citizens. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And they produce this big report that's going that's going forward there. One, yeah. what's the role of the Commonwealth Court there? And and two, what does that actually mean that she's put forward this recommendation? So, yeah, so that map that she picked was that that congr- was the congressional map passed by the House. Yep. I spent all that time in Troy. Yep. So yep. that that is the map. That that's is also the map. why I think it's. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so McAuliffe McAuliffe's role, uh, role in this is entirely advisory. So, like, she was – the state Supreme Court took up the case. Like, this was a case filed by a, a Democratic conditioning group, like, just saying, like, we don't think that anyone's going to reach a compromise, so the courts should just pick it. Um, and so the courts finally took up that case after multiple tries by lawyers to get it in front of them quicker. But they, te- they took their time, and uh, the court just sort of the, – the court said, hey – uh, Patricia McCullough, because you've been over, you've been hearing this case in the lower court. We want you to serve as this thing called a special master, who like courts typically appoint in redistricting cases, and their job is basically just to like summarize all the evidence and put it into like legalese for the judges, who typically are not cartographers, but you know, right. law professors. Um, so like, it's it's a recommendation, and I mean, I think anyone who wants to take umbrage with it can. Uh, you know, the fact is, like, you know, I know McCullough was the judge who did side with the Trump campaign, uh, you know, gave them one of their only brief legal victories before the Supreme Court struck it down. Like, like there are a lot of And that was to block, people... let's be clear, that was to, to block the certification of the 2020 election, right? I mean, Yes, right. ex- exactly. Right. Thank yeah. you. Like, like, that was a big case. Yeah, uh, big it was deal. quickly overturned. Uh, but, you know, like, mm, like, 
it's just a suggestion. The five, uh, the seven justices of the Supreme Court, five of whom are liberal, two of whom are conservative, they're going to come up with whatever they think the best decision is. They're going to hear arguments Friday. Like what McCullough said is just a suggestion. Uh, there's a bunch of maps they could pick from. I want to say there's 13 in all. And, you know, just uh, it's a suggestion that they pick the Republicans map. Excellent. So it doesn't have any kind of weight. It's not doesn't have like like legal precedent or something like this going forward. It is a suggestion and it's a recommendation based upon what the previous court had said. That's kind of where it stands. Well, to be clear, yeah, like M- McCullough has her legal reason. Sure, to sure. Read the whole report, but like, but yeah, like it, it is the, the court is not bound. The high court, the Supreme Court, is not bound to take that suggestion. Right. Like they will come up with their own legal reasoning after hearing the legal arguments. Excellent. Okay, so one one other question about that when we get before we get to the state legislative maps, which I'm really fascinated with, what's what's going to happen here. Um, but so Pennsylvania has lost a uh, a seat, right? Um, a House seat, yeah. right? We went from 18 to 17. Um, so to what degree do you think that is going to have an impact on these maps, or what do you think the impact will be? of moving there do you think there's anything kind of significant does this seem to be um part of what's um i don't know fanning the flames of some of the stuff around these maps or is it just you know something that we don't need to be paying that much attention to um i mean i'm not a political scientist like i can say like in terms of like it makes it harder because someone has to lose like somebody has to lose their seat Mm -hmm. you know like pennsylvania is kind of a little set up for that because what like connor lamb's running for senate so theoretically he could lose his seat and it will be fine Mm -hmm. like like you know that just makes it hard because you have to yank the seat out from someone which i think just was another factor why wolf and the general assembly couldn't come to an agreement um and then other than that, I mean, I don't know. I know political scientists and, like, some insiders say, oh, this means Pennsylvania has less influence in the Capitol. And, like, I, I, I'm not in a position to agree or disagree with that. Uh, I've just – I've heard that argument. Um, and, you know, that w- – well, it's just another variable. It's another variable that made redistricting very complicated. 100%. Okay, now this this kind of ties into both kind of like a transition to where we're going to talk about with the state legislative yeah. maps. So this going to the Supreme Court, now all the maps are going to the Supreme Court, correct? Yeah, so the, the Supreme Court is picking the congressional map and the Supreme Court now, because the legislative maps were finally approved last week last, last week, fr- I think. two friday uh, uh, i'm trying to remember like two fridays ago um they will now be hearing legal challenges on those maps they could you know they could dismiss them all they could ask for map be changed they could order the old like like a whole bunch of other variables could start there but like what it appears is that the supreme court the supreme court will be hearing those arguments of what people want out of the maps in the next month or so. Right. So, and that is not what will be happening on Friday, the 18th. That is strictly for the congressional maps, correct? Correct. Right. And I just realized the other thing I should point out is that what we did see last week from the court is noticing the fact that, oh, it is February. Uh, candidates for office. This is my next question. Yep. Getting, <laughs> yeah. Candidates for office are supposed to be getting their petitions, like what they, what they have to go and get signatures so they can appear on the ballot. That's supposed to start tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, that was supposed to start tomorrow. Supreme Court just handed down this very brief order last week that said, "Hey, uh, just suspend it all for right now while we figure this out." Because who's? How can you figure out where you're going to run if you don't have freaking districts? 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that, you know, uh, I think I saw, as soon as that order came down, I think uh, I saw Summer Lee uh, kind of tweet out. It's like, well, we're kind of in a holding pattern now. We're still kind of going out, and, you know, you can't, you know, obviously, if you don't have a district that is um, set in stone, you don't know where you're going to be, how can you gather really petitions without having it all kind of thrown out? I was even looking at, for example, I, I live in Percocy, right? And my district, I think we're like the 145th now or something, but the, the on the new maps, right, Percocy goes from a, a, a town that is connected to kind of northern Bucks County where Quakertown is and kind of the surrounding district of Palisades, right? And then the new maps, it's like you have this little bubble that's Percocy, then, then it's Percocy. Percocy South on Hilltown Township. Mm -hmm. So if you're a potential candidate in that area, right, there, there, there wouldn't even be any possible way that you could gather gather signatures and and, have, and know what they would count without causing a huge legal mess down the road. So I guess it makes sense that the court basically said, "Hey, put this on hold because we really need to figure this stuff out." Yeah, exactly. Like I I don't think they had a lot of other options. Yeah. Uh, there already was a case like working its way up to the courts. That was at like is it the the petition timeline. I believe, like, was already, you know, everyone knew it was in doubt because of the court, the congressional maps not being picked. You know, the the people who redraw the statehouse maps were were have have done what they needed to do, just maybe a little later than everyone would have liked. But so there was a separate lawsuit already working the way up, saying, "Hey, court, can you suspend the petition timelines for legislative maps so these maps can be implemented?" Uh, and you know that was already there, so the court just said, "Let's make this easy. No petitions until we figure out go. what the heck is going on." Um, so can you, now this I'm sorry to, now now I'm getting in the weeds I know but like so please, is, is there a is there a reason or is that petition gathering like period does that have to be the same for congressional candidates and for state legislative candidates or can that I'm be not different an attorney. no you don't know I okay don't I'm just know. curious because uh, I know that yeah. we said earlier right they, they for the state legislative maps they have until March 6th right to to actually file kind of uh you know legal challenges to the maps so theoretically we yeah. could have a decision from the supreme court about the uh congressional maps say next week right which is before yeah. march 6 right so they could have yeah. that resolved but you still don't know if there's going to be more legal challenges coming for the state legislative maps so exactly. you're still in that same situation when it comes to petition gathering exactly exactly like it, it's all kind of up in the air like i, I almost feel bad because like i don't want i don't want to say anything that i'm not sure of. Anyway, sure no 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 that's no that, that's why saying, i'm having you on man seriously yeah <laughs> like a lot of it is just uncertain like a lot of it's just kind of like yep. watch the supreme court's docket i mean i know i'm gonna be a lot of reporters are gonna be they're gonna resolve a lot of this stuff oh and another bit of uncertainty too i'm just thinking of is like act 77 which you know or the mail-in ballot law which was struck down totally uh, yeah <laughs> it, you know Okay, um, let's go which, here. I was going to wait till after legislative, but let's talk about it right now since you brought it up because this is the other thing. I, I'll tell you, you know, I was, you know, talking to some folks who are in my ward, right? And this yeah. is one of the concerns that they have, right? They're like, we don't know what the impact is going to be. What What is actually going to happen at the precinct level, right? About mm -hmm. what's going to happen with these mail-in ballots because, you know, they're trying to even get their head around Act 77 and what you know, what's ultimately going to happen. I've got my little thing in the mail saying, you know, hey, how do you want to vote? <laughs> do you want to vote yeah, mail-in yeah. or do you want to vote here? But that's not, that's still in the court still, right? Yes. So my understanding, I talked to, I've talked to one county elections official um, right after the decision came down. Like the fact is it was already stayed. Uh, like, like basically the, the rules of Pennsylvania judiciary mean that if governor Tom Wolf, like, or the, the governor appeals anything, 
that's like goes against them the impact of that decision is just stayed it's just put off it just does not matter and that's what happened here so yes that decision is kind of sort of like there but unless the state supreme court affirms it which seems like an if like or like i i think there is maybe a I, I, from what I've talked to, the people I've talked to, most are pretty sure it will be overturned, but there is uh, a, there is apparently a, there might be a small chance. So let's just say, let's be some... clear here. Let's say, so we're saying when it should be overturned, we mean the overturning would then allow for mail-in ballots, correct? Yes. Right. Yes. Sorry. Yes. So I'm clear. Most people believe that the lower court's determination to Act 77 is unconstitutional will not be agreed to by I've still made that more confusing just that no that it's ruling, but, the, but this is the problem this is I mean because it is confusing yeah. for people and I think that that's what's got a lot of like anxiety levels up because yeah trying to figure out okay what exactly were they were was funds unconstitutional what's going to happen if it's overturned so yeah I, I think yeah I think the easiest way I can say is just like it is highly likely everyone who wants to vote by mail might will be able to vote by mail but then you once again just always have to keep open but there's always a chance nobody knows how these courts are going to rule like there's there is always a chance though that the court the right majority aligns and they actually uphold that decision and act 77 is unconstitutional but like sort of until we have that decision this is why i'm emphasizing like what just keep watching the courts nothing's going to change uh like that decision won't have any impact until the high court makes the decision so it's just kind of like wait and see what the high court does Excellent. Got everything. Got it, everybody. <laughs> so we're in the so legitimately. So that anxiety that people feel because they're not sure. Right. OK. It's likely it's going to overturn. Maybe. But we don't know for sure. So that is just going to be an open question until we actually have the of the court decision. So that's just going to be um, part of the world we live in. Right. Pretty much. Right. It's uncertainty. Isn't that the problem of living? Yes, exactly. <laughs> indeed. Exactly. Indeed. All right, good. So, okay, so we've got that. We've got the, um, the mail-in ballot stuff. So let's let's talk a little bit about what's happening at the uh, the state legislative maps. So the state legislative maps, just again, so that everybody's clear with what we're talking about. These are kind of our representatives that go to our state legislature, right? That mm-hmm. go that that are they don't go to D.C. They go to Harrisburg, right? So what does that picture look like at this time? Because these maps were less controversial, right? I mean, they passed by like a four one uh... a four one. Yeah, yeah. So, or I should say, so, let me put it this way: they were more bipartisan. That's the different thing than saying less controversial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that is that is technically correct. Um, sorry, that's not that's not shady. No, 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 no. No, I appreciate the I appreciate the clarity of the you know the uh, the, the fine point there because you're absolutely right. So I think half of it is because like I I really specifically focus on the house, mm-hmm. and I honestly think the house the house map. The, the how to draw the 203 districts of just the Pennsylvania State House of Representatives has maybe been the most controversial thing of this entire process. Really? Even more. Uh, but then the state Senate has kind of been one of the least controversial, unless you talk to real insiders, but I will not even get into that. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, like, the state Senate map came together pretty easily. Mark Nornenberg, who chairs the... Okay, there's a commission. It's made up of five people. It's supposed to draw these state house maps. Um, it's chaired by this guy, Mark Nordenberg, who's a former chancellor of the University of Pittsburgh, my alma mater, Hair to Pitt. Um, Nordenberg basically let the two Senate leaders, the Democrat uh, Jay Costa and the Republican Kim Borg, go into a back room and draw their own map. So when I say it's not controversial, <laughs> it's certainly controversial to people who don't want insiders dictating the process. Right. But in terms of institutionally, right. 
It was very easy because mm-hmm. Jay Costa and Kim Ward just sat across from each other and said, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Here's our map. Bingo. Um, the house map is the exact opposite because Joanna McClinton, the Democratic leader, and Kerry Benninghoff, the Republican leader, could not get along. And each side will blame the other for that. But they couldn't. And it left a lot of the drawing to for Mark Nordenberg and he actually brought on his own mapper. This is like, this has never happened before. And who is Mark Nordenberg, entire... just so everybody knows? Who's Mark? He's the chairman of the commission, right. as I said. He's like the former Pitt chancellor. Mark, it left Mark Nordenberg, Chairman Nordenberg, to just draw the map himself, more or less, with his own mapper. And this this has like never happened before in this whole commission, which has existed since the 1960s. And Nordenberg took some input from both sides, and then just his mapper drew a map. And this map started, uh, I, I want to say at my last, it's, it's because of retirements and redraws, it's gone down, but it literally put like, like 15, 16 incumbents against each other in, which is a very large number of like, you know, sitting lawmakers forced them in the same district. Most of them, like uh, most of them were Republicans, but there were some Democrats and it like just dramatically changed huge parts of this map. And it's the cause of a lot of controversy. Um, and that's because, and, and you know, it sounds like you have another, maybe you have another question there. I, let me, let me stop my brain there. Well, like, yeah, let's say, so let's, was we're talking about, say the, the contra cause like there's layers of controversy here, right? Yes. So there's, yes. there's one layer of controversy, which has to do, let's just talk, like, we'll start the, the broadest level, like about what it looks like to have a, a kind of a more of a transparent process where there's kind of input to the process where it's coming to an agreement. So that you've already kind of, kind of addressed that that really kind of didn't happen, right? <laughs> that, yeah. that just didn't happen. Then you have a second yeah. layer of controversy, which has more to do with the kind of say the, the careers of politicians, yes. right? Rather than the, the representation of yes. different pen, different groups in Pennsylvania or different people in Pennsylvania, right? And, and that and th- that's I should say that that's not mutually exclusive, right? So it's not just saying, but you have politicians whose job it is now are suddenly in a position where they they thought they were safe, and now they're going to be in a situation where they're going to they they're they're one of them is going to lose their job, right? Or they're going to have to run in a district which they don't have any don't have the name recognition or haven't done the work in, and then there's a third layer. Right, which actually has to do with like which constituencies are broken up in these, you know, like uh, in these new maps, right? What happens in, um, you know, to like you know the Lehigh Valley? What happens in kind of like districts in Philadelphia or outside Pittsburgh? All, like all, those are seem to be like, and there's probably more layers than that, but those seem to be at least mm-hmm. three of the layers. Would does that sound about right? Yeah, and, and I think like to jump into that last layer, that's the one where a lot of the partisan shifts in this map happen because Democrats would get a chance. They'd get, they'd get a higher floor from this new map of like seats in the general assembly, Mm -hmm. because what this map does is it splits state college. It splits Harrisburg. It splits Lancaster. It splits Reading an extra time. It splits Allentown extra time. All these extra splits mean there's extra Democratic seats mm-hmm. in a lot of places where there used to just be one Democratic seat because all those Democratic voters in, you know, these bright blue cities in central Pennsylvania were forced into, like, the, the minimum number of districts. This map proposes adding extra splits 
to you know and that would will create a more proportional map so like democrats you know will have a higher number of seats that kind of more equal to the fact that democrats make up about half the state regularly mm-hmm. when you just look at statewide total um of votes and uh but why that's complicated is because when you introduce those splits you are you know all those cities i mentioned are if not majority minority pretty darn close mm-hmm. um and you are potentially violating federal law and like just you know like a lot of statutes that say like minority votes have to be protected so the the main it becomes this debate over what's the best way to draw maps in communities of color so that a latino voter in lancaster or a black voter in harrisburg really is able to choose the representative who suits them instead of like having their vote diluted and this is i think a a fascinating this I find extraordinarily fascinating and some of the discussions around it, like, I mean, you reported on this um, kind of, we see some um, kind of Latino leaders in the Lehigh Valley are thinking about filing a lawsuit because they're finding that um, their district, their just what you explained is happening there in the Lehigh Valley. And in particular, that there is some kind of prominent kind of um, kind of Hispanic Latino leaders kind of in the area who are kind of carved where they live. It would be carved out of this one of these new districts, which means they don't have kind of established political presence there. And a whole bunch of stuff gets played out. So on the one hand, there's, you know, th- those questions. And you, know, you have Manny Guzman, right, who's been coming out and saying, mm-hmm. like, look, this is actually not a, a bad thing in the way these districts are being d- divided up. It means it has an opportunity to kind of build coalition. And, and this is, seems to be like one of these pressures that we see. This is not just in Pennsylvania, we should be clear, right? This is stuff that's happening um, kind of across the country in many ways. But in Pennsylvania, it seems particularly acute where you've got like, on the one hand, you could say we're going to defi- we're going to kind of set up this district as to be like, you know, this is going to be a kind of a Latino district, right? And that means that, you know, you're basically going to have an overwhelming, you're guaranteed you're going to have Latino rep- representation here. Um, and then, but the, the flip side of that is you're, you allow, say, Republicans, right, to kind of pack the district, right? Mm-hmm. And so therefore, then you, okay, you pack, you give this one kind of uh, Latino district, right? But then that means you got two white Republican districts that are around it, right? Which may not be as, as good representative, where if you're splitting them up, Right. And I was looking at some of the numbers, like just like in the Lehigh Valley, for example, the percentages were like, if I could find it here real quick. So they're saying these new districts, right? They're, you have like the sec, the 22nd, the newly one there is like, you know, it's 53% Hispanic, 33% white. The other one is a 49 or, or 38% Hispanic and 49% white. And the last one is 15% Hispanic and 69% white. So you see these three districts. So there's a potential for like there to be, two Latino seats that come out of that, right, with kind of coalition as opposed there. And I think that that seems to be some of the political calculations that a lot of, you know, say community-based organizations and people on the ground are trying to figure out right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it better to kind of keep a safe seat that's going to represent, you know, say Latinos or African-Americans, or you want to try to build and kind of broaden out this kind of coalition and take the risk of actually losing that seat? Yeah, and I, I that that is the debate. It's sort of a, a really high level debate. I mean, what I think has to be introduced is Republicans are really championing the argument of like, no, 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 like you need to keep these, like you need to draw the line so that it's like a seventy percent Latino seat. Um, you know, we can, uh, you know, re- uh, Democrats are just pointing out the fact that like Republicans have often ignored sometimes minority issues, like you know they they will counter they have other issues that matter to them, but like you know stuff like. Uh, 
policing reform only advanced in the General Assembly in 2020 when uh, Demo black Democrats literally had a uh, protest on the House floor uh, in the middle of yep. the George Floyd protest, and that finally passed a bill. Uh, one bill. There's still a lot of bills that haven't been advanced. Uh, you know, uh, an issue like... Uh, Driver's licenses for undocumented immigrants has been sitting in the General Assembly, hasn't moved for a couple of sessions, despite some bipartisan interest in it, including from some Republicans you might not expect, but just, you know, issue hasn't moved. Like, uh, I, I hate to pull those two out, but just like mm -hmm. Republicans have certainly uh, have I, I have a, a mixed record on, on race and identity in American politics. Oh, well, I don't I, I think and, I don't even think that it's in a controversial statement at this point. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. I'm just trying, I'm trying to be careful. But this no, is I understand. Saying, I understand. And, and You're the sudden, journalist. I get sudden, it. <laughs> and and all, all of a sudden, there is this sudden interest in protecting these communities when to split them would also cut into the number of seats Republicans have. Right. Uh, and I think that is also why we're going to hear so much about the racial dynamics of these maps. Yes. Because it is a readily an easily made argument that also like, what are we in right now? But this age of so many people thinking about identity and race and ethnicity more and more and more than ever. And when Republicans can reach for this argument and say like, well, look like, and, and I, once again, I'm saying like, I think there's a very legitimate conversation to be had here. I've talked to Victor Martinez. I've mm -hmm. talked to black leaders in Harrisburg. There are people who aren't happy about these lines and they need to be heard out, but you know, it, it's going, this is a, it, half the reason we're hearing it is because the way these maps are drawn are cutting in the Republicans' edge in the, the state house. Absolutely. And I think that what's it, what's, what I find also interesting, and I know this is not as as prominent as just what you just said, right? The reason why it's, this is getting so much attention is because, you know, Republicans are going to be losing seats, right, under these maps. But uh, the other the other aspect of this, which is uh, which I find really fascinating, is because, the, the you know, this bargain of, say, you know, packing a district, right, to make sure that 70% Latino, for example, right, to guarantee that you got that seat, right, has been also, um, I've heard, this is not this election cycle, but this is something that I've heard consistently among kind of, say, activist-oriented folks, right, is that, you know, the, the reluctance to give up those seats, right, to, even if it means more Democratic seats, is because there's been an ongoing tension even within the Democratic Party, Right. So you've got some folks who think like, oh, great. Now we're going to get kind of two like majority, majority minority districts. Right. This is great for the uh -huh. Democrats. And those folks are like, wait, 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 not so fast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not so fast. There's no you know, you need to kind of you can't just assume that these are just going to be these D seats for you. Right. Because, you know, part of what has allowed our issues to get front and center has been this particular guarantee because, you know, Democrats don't have, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to paint too broad of a brush here. But I'm saying part of that tension. Right. Um, like race has been an issue across Americans, the, the, like the American political spectrum, not simply only Republicans. And it plays out differently in Democratic politics. But I think that this is kind of one of these, you know, coming to fruition, especially as you see the energy coming out of, you know, say Black Lives Matter protests or around the George Floyd um, 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 protests. Um, as you see kind of young activists that have been getting involved in kind of like, you know, in these communities of color and are kind of making different kinds of demands, there's going to be, I think, ongoing tensions um, with with those voices and the Democrats' assumptions about who's going to be in their camp. I mean, this is just my analysis. I'm not asking you to kind of like, you know, um, you know, agree with it necessarily. But, you know, that's kind of how I see some of those tensions coming out. Yeah, I think that 
I think that these new districts, like like that, that is, I mean, the concern that I've heard from law uh, from community advocates and like, well, I'll use Harrisburg. That's where this is where sure. I live. Uh, you know, like the the splitting of Harrisburg does create this new majority minority district that includes most of uh, a very historically black neighborhood, Allison Hill, as well as uh, some neighborhoods that have very growing Latino populations. It then sticks them into, and there's also one other like sort of suburb of the city which is a small uh, a small city that is also i think majority black Mm -hmm. but also then adds a majority white it's diversifying but a majority white suburb to sort of round out it so like it's majority minority but it's like not majority black not majority latino it's probably like 55 percent, maybe even less than that um minority voters who have to vote in coalition to try it if they want their candidate to beat a white Democrat from the suburbs who then probably isn't really going to know Allison right, Hill exactly. all that well. And and that's what I think it is what so much of this comes down to is like that inner party dynamic is also important because like, you know, will a Democrat who grew up in suburbia then be able to go represent an inner city? I mean, ideally, hopefully, yes. But I also think we have lots of examples of that not happening. And lots of people who have well-placed fears of what happens if they do right exactly and i think that you know i'm like this is my you know again the uh um my i'll I'll bring in my hopefulness here at least from a kind of social movement perspective is you know uh, part of what makes this difficult right now is the time is so condensed right i mean you got you know the primaries coming up at least at this point they say they're not moving them but you know they're coming up on may 17th you got petition gathering and all this stuff so puts all these questions in you know, like a crucible, um, which I don't mm-hmm. see them possibly getting all answered at this point. On the flip side of that, when it comes to kind of organizational or kind of social movement politics, this opens up a kind of a new chapter potentially, right? If these, as it comes up, it's like, okay, if we really want to talk about coalition, we're actually going to have to do the hard work of working in coalition. Um, because I don't think it, we're at a time anymore where there's going to be people that, uh, are going to sit idly by and say, oh, well, I guess we're going to let the white suburban guy, uh, you know, <laughs> allow to represent us. I don't think that's going to that's going to fly so much anymore. But I can definitely tell you that's something that I will be trying to watch closely once the new maps are implemented and we see what the races look like. <laughs> Man, that's fantastic. Well, listen. Um, so, so here we got. Um, great. I love. Thank you so much for t- taking the time to do all this kind of breakdown. I, I, I feel it's invaluable uh, in so many levels. But let me ask you: Is there anything that we that should be that we should be paying attention to, which we haven't had a chance to take a look at, or other things that you want to add, um, especially as we are kind of looking forward to you know waiting to see what the Supreme Court um, is going to be saying. Um, honestly, I don't want to confuse listeners. I'm not trying to say that, like, I have trouble keeping this all straight. So, like, literally, watch the state Supreme Court. Myself and a lot of other reporters are going to be to see what they do. But, look, yeah, congressional maps, they're picking. We might have a decision on that within a week or so. Uh, legislative maps, challenges are still out. We won't know what they all are until early March, and then the Supreme Court makes the decisions then. In the meantime, petitions for candidates get on the ballot— that's kind of just pause. The court will make their decision. There was a recommendation that they be condensed to two weeks. But like I said, that was just a recommendation. What the court does is up to the state Supreme Court. And then finally, vote by mail. State Supreme Court will make a decision. <laughs> and But in the meantime, it seems counties are just going to keep acting like that decision didn't happen. 
because it doesn't have the force of law until the state Supreme Court decides what they're going to do. So I'm sorry that it's to leave listeners with uncertainty, but that is all I have. That is all that's in stock. <laughs> Supply chain issues. Sorry. No, but that's but the uncertainty in this case is clarity because it says like no, no, no. We're uncertain because there's a good reason to be right. It's not we're not haven't missed something or something like that. We're still waiting for a kind of a series of things to come down. Well, hey man, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time out, and I hope that you know down the road sometime I'd love to have you back on to kind of uh, when we have some updates and um, especially as we kind of get closer to the 2022 election. Yeah, no, uh, thank you so much for your time, Kevin. Be happy to come back on. All right, fantastic. Well, hey, everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in today. Um, and uh, I know I'm, I know I'm going to get in floods of uh, responses that are going to be coming in, the email and stuff like this, and I will uh, pass some, probably be uh, uh, bugging Steven a little bit on this one <laughs> afterwards and say, hey, yeah, uh, what could be a clarification on this? But, hey, man, I appreciate your time, um, and uh, thank you so much for the reporting and for, uh, you know, sorting this stuff out for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. And uh, I want to remind you, we've got a special show coming on tonight at 7 p.m. our normal time with uh, Diana Lagerman. We'll be talking about what's happening here in Bucks County, Central Bucks, canceling field trips. Oh, my God. We'll talk to you later on tonight. See ya! Okay, there we go.